going on, everybody? My name is Kyle O'Grady. I am a thru-hiker and a peak-bagger and an all-around hiking nerd, and this is the podcast called Trail Tales. I mean, you clicked on the episode, so you know what it's called, but no, this is the podcast where I chat with other thru-hikers and other peak-baggers and other hiking nerds about their experiences on the trail. Now, today's guest, I mean, this is this is, this is is a big one, folks. Today's guest is a man named Philip Karsha. He has done a number of thru-hikes of the AT, the PCT, just to name a few. And currently, he is in the middle of attempting to break the fastest known time for completing the White Mountain Single Year Grid, which if you're not familiar with that, I mean, we talk all about it in the episode, but basically he's trying to climb all 48 of the 4,000 foot peaks in the White Mountains in every single month for a year, and he's trying to do it faster than anybody else has, and it's just, it's insane. I mean, I say that so much during the episode, but it's absolutely insane. And during our conversation, we talk about why he decided to take on this crazy project in the first place. And we get into a bunch of stories about his struggles and his successes at this point, having completed well over half of the single year grid. Philip is super, super humble about all of this, honestly. And uh, he pretty much just put it all out there. And it was a great conversation. Philip, when you hear this, thank you again so much for taking the time out of your crazy schedule. I really, really appreciate it. We're going to get into our conversation in just a second here, but first, I just want to say a couple things real, real quick. I promise I'll be quick. I know no one cares about the podcast introductions. I usually skip them if I'm going to be honest, but hey, let's do it real quick. I just want to say my contact information. If you like this episode, you can let me know. I have an email. I have an Instagram. I have a Twitter and I have a Facebook. Instagram and Twitter are at TrailTalesPod. My email account is the same thing trailtailspod at gmail.com none of that yahoo or hotmail bs and then trailtails is on facebook as well which i don't really post very much but i'm gonna i'm, I'm getting back into it I've, I've posted a couple times now so go check out the trailtails facebook page as well if you want to help out the show for some crazy reason you want to help this idiot on the internet that is me not philip you can do that. You can go and tell a friend or loved one who's interested in hiking or maybe somebody who's interested in the White Mountains about this episode and about the show. Word of mouth is a huge, huge way that small podcasts like this grow. So I would really, really appreciate that. The last thing I want to say real quick here is some of you regular listeners might have noticed that this episode came out on Wednesday instead of the normal Tuesday release. And I gotta say, I am changing the day that I release these episodes. They're now gonna be released on Wednesday mornings instead of Tuesdays. Honestly, I kind of explained my like workflow last week, but I basically would record the conversation during the week, edit during the weekends, and then Monday night, uh, record this introduction, do the cover, the thumbnail, and then post the episode so it's live by Tuesday morning. But honestly, now that it's getting warmer, I'm going to be doing a lot of hiking on the weekends and I'm not going to have time to sit on my computer and edit. So I'm going to start to do that on Monday and Tuesday instead so I can hike during the weekends. So that kind of pushes the release date back to Wednesday. So if that's a problem, well, then sorry. I mean, it's probably not a problem. I don't think anyone really cares. But if, it, <laughs> if you really want to <laughs> call me out for that, go right ahead because it's not going to change. I'm sorry. 
Okay, let's do it. Let's get into the conversation with Philip Karsha, who is more than halfway at this point in completing the fastest known time for the White Mountain single year grid. I should say I've also hiked all 48 of these peaks, certainly not to the extent that Philip has, but I did complete them over the 2013 to 2017 time period, so I'm very familiar with these peaks. I've done a lot there, and they do hold a special place in my heart as well, so I think it's going to be a good one. Let's do it. My conversation with Philip Karsha. I don't even, I usually say like Appalachian Trail class of, or PCT class of, or whatever, but I guess he's the only person in the New Hampshire White Mountain 4,000 footers single year grid class of 2018 and 2019. That's ridiculous. Let's do it. Episode number 24. We're doing it. I'm joined today by Philip Karsha. I nailed it, didn't I, dude? Yeah. I nailed yes. it. I'm getting so good with the last names. Love it. So Philip and I met when I was hiking the Appalachian Trail this past summer, but Philip was not a through hiker. He was working at the Notch Hostel. We're going to talk about that in just a second. But first, Philip, what's going on, man? I really appreciate you taking the time tonight. Tell me what's good. Oh, man, I, I appreciate just you sticking with me, man, and, and understanding how ridiculous my schedule is right now between, uh, yeah, working at the hostel, kind of taking care of things here, and also working on this insane uh, project that I've decided to undertake for 2018-2019. That's an, I feel like that's almost an understatement. No, that's definitely an understatement. Um, so we're going to talk about the grid and all that stuff like for most of the episode, obviously, but just... Real quick, I got to tell everybody that I made, I think I made a similar comment to this on my episode with the Hiking Prodigy, which was like a couple months ago now, but the original name that I was going to go with for this podcast was called The Greatest Hikers Ever. And <laughs> I got to say, Philip would have been pretty damn fitting for that name. I mean, all my guests would have been for sure, but like, especially Philip, because he's doing something absolutely insane. As I just said, it's called The Grid in the White Mountains, and we're going to talk about that in just a second. But first, I kind of want to talk a little bit about how Philip and I met. So like I said, he works at this hostel called the Notch Hostel in the White Mountains. And when I was going through there on my thru-hike this past, I guess it was September, right? Mm, yeah, I believe so. This past September... Um, I was waiting outside fucking, what was it, like Price Chopper or something like that, and Philip was the shuttle driver that showed up to like pick myself and a bunch of other hikers uh, up and bring us back to the hostel, and like I said, there's a bunch of people there, and like everybody kind of piled in the back of the van, and somehow, I guess I must have called shotgun, and I ended up like in the seat next to Philip, and because of that, we kind of got to talking a little bit, and... Philip, you were talking a little bit about like this whole, you know, 48, White Mountain 48 peak bagging thing. Right. And at first I remember, you probably don't remember too much of this because I'm sure you've had plenty of car rides in that fucking van with uh, with hikers and stuff. But I remember you were kind of talking about it like as you would to somebody who's really not as familiar with like the whole peak bagging thing. And I was like, dude, I know exactly what you're talking about because I've mm. done all 48 of those peaks. And, you know, I worked on it for the past couple of years. And then we got to talking some more. It was only like a 15-minute car ride. But by the end, you had told me about that hike. Not the grid, but w w I, I, I can't pronounce the, the damn word for the 
doing all the peaks in one shot. What's that called? Yeah, so that's called the diuretissima. The diuretissima. Damn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know, I thought your last name was hard. Like, damn, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be able to pronounce that. But Dude, anyways, if you could, if you could hear the pronunciations that I get uh, for the diuretissima, <laughs> you would laugh your ass off. <laughs> well, anyways, so I just alluded to it a second ago, but it's basically hiking all 48 of the 4,000 foot peaks in the White Mountains in like one shot like one continuous like through hike you could you could pretty much call it there and he was telling me about how he, he did this how, how how quick did you do it again um so yeah you're correct it's uh the diuretissima is basically a through hike of the 48 4000 footers in the white mountains um you start on one end and you end on the opposite end and you connect them all in between um and yeah i was very fortunate to uh, be able to go out and throw down a pretty pretty decent time traveling primarily in an unsupported effort. So I was carrying all my food, carrying all my gear. Um, and, uh, yeah, my final time was eight, eight days, eight hours. <laughs> That's so insane. And I just yeah. want to stress for people who might not be familiar with the whites. I'm sure a lot of people are, if they're familiar with the AT, but like, this is like hard fucking hiking. Like this isn't mm. just like flat Pennsylvania stuff or, or Maryland, the easiest state on the AT, in my opinion, other than West Virginia, I guess. Like this is this is some hard fucking hiking. Like these these peaks are a bitch for sure. So like I just think that's so crazy. Absolutely. I mean, I'm I'm a little biased because I because I live here and um, because I've been coming to these peaks for such a long time. But like I I I honestly believe that these are the the toughest mountains um, on the East Coast. You know, certainly some of the toughest mountains in the country and. Uh, they're very underrated. Like people don't oh, yeah. really appreciate the difficulty and the technical nature of the terrain, and the fact that that these mountains sit in in a very interesting position in terms of you know the way that the weather comes in and jet streams and what mm-hmm. have you. It's it's a pretty wild place, as as you know, coming through here as a through hiker and and also being over in Vermont and having having hiked the forty eight previously. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. So, anyways, we we were talking about this, and like I thought that was crazy enough, right? The fact that he had done this like through hike of sorts, you know, going over all these peaks in eight days like that's just insane but then later on you know after we'd gotten back to the hostel you know we were just kind of shooting the shit or whatever and philip told me about this grid thing now i had already known what the grid was which we're going to explain in just a second but he's not just actually we should probably explain it now but just to give some context (laughs) okay i'll I'll let you do the talking philip let's go so we'll talk about the calendar year thing in a second but just what is the grid in general Right. So the grid is a peak bagging project in the White Mountains of New Hampshire. And um, it's actually more of a list. Uh, we have a lot of lists here in the Northeast. Um, so the grid is a, is a hiking list and it dictates that one must climb all 48 4,000 footers in every calendar month. Um, so there's no uh, there's no time frame. This is completely at a person's leisure um, right. they can do it as quickly or they can do it um, as slowly as you know time uh, time allows you know f- physical capacity allows etc um, and you know generally people take several years if not longer to complete the grid because um, you're looking at you know 576 peaks so 48 mountains time times 12 months is uh, 576 peaks. Um, you're <laughs> oh, looking man. at roughly 3,000 miles of hiking, and because um, you know you are basically your hiking is either climbing up or down, 
um, over the over the course of those 576 peaks and 3,000 miles, you're going to climb about a million feet of vertical gain, which is Damn. over over twice the vertical um, of something like the Appalachian Trail or something like the PCT. So 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 insane. And so he told me that he was working on the grid, right? We're sitting around this campfire, and I thought that was crazy enough. I thought that was crazier than the the through hike word print that I can't pronounce or whatever. And then <laughs> he dropped. The fact that he's not only trying to complete the grid, but he's trying to complete it in a calendar year and go for the fastest known time for completing this, which is just insane. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're gonna get into it and just I I, I just remember um so one of the guys that we were talking with was a, a guy I was hiking with named Classic, who mm. does not like I'm pretty sure he doesn't even use the internet, so he's never gonna hear this. So I can kind of sh like sh talk some shit about him a little bit. And <laughs> I remember he he's a very blunt person, right? And when you told him this, I remember he paused for a second and he was just like, why? Like, why would yes. you do that, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> so good. So good. Anyways, so like I said, we're going to talk all about that for most of this episode. But let's kind of take it back uh, a, a couple steps here. So I, I always like to start these out just kind of gauging, you know, how my guests got into long distance backpacking and through hiking and all that stuff. So why don't we, why don't we talk about that? So how did you learn about, learn about the whole long distance backpacking through hiking thing? Kind of by accident, man, to be honest with you. I mean, I grew up in Worcester, Massachusetts. Um, I had a very normal upbringing. Um, you know, my parents weren't, weren't into the outdoors. I've got a twin brother and a younger sister there, you know, they weren't into the outdoors. Um, by chance, I ended up climbing Mount Wachusett, which is a, a small little mountain in central Massachusetts. It's much, much better known as being a ski mountain um, okay. than a hiking mountain, but it's got a pretty extensive trail network um, on the backside of the mountain. And um, I think around the age of 16, I was a junior in high school. I ended up going for a hike up Mount Wachusett, and it totally blew me away, man. Um, I mean, having grown up in Worcester and never really seen or done anything like that, um, you know, the fact that I could kind of climb up to this peak and look down on my city out in the distance and yeah. see the skyline of Boston and see, you know, Mount Monadnock and just, you know, Western Massachusetts, the Berkshires, what have you. It was just like a really profound um, experience and just being pretty curious. Um, you know, I, I remember going home and just immediately kind of jumping on the Internet and you know, you know, typing, you know, what are the, the biggest mountains in, in New England? And immediately you start kind of, you know, seeing things about, uh, you know, the White Mountains, the Adirondacks, what have you. And it's like, you know, the White Mountains were two and a half hours. The Adirondacks were five and a half hours. It was a no-brainer. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I started coming up to the Whites, and I started uh, cutting my teeth and doing longer days and making all of the mistakes that, you know, <laughs> a, a person a person usually makes when they're oh, first yeah. spending time in the outdoors. Um, it was a very formative experience, um, but there was something kind of clicking there. And I mean, that's where I met my first thru-hikers, kind of perusing around the presidential range and, and dipping into these huts and meeting these thru-hikers and seeing them sleep right, on tables right. at night, just like <laughs> super rugged, man, super inspiring. And I uh, started researching the AT and like reading like, oh my God, dude, people go out for weeks and weeks and weeks and months and, and walk the entire length of the country. And it's just like such a seductive concept, you know, it's just like, uh, you know, it was just hard not to be seduced into that world. And, um, you know, I was very fortunate that uh, Massachusetts, where I grew up, has a very small 
uh, very short but beautiful long-distance hiking trail called the Mid-State Trail. It's 92 miles. It goes border to border from uh, New Hampshire to Rhode Island or vice versa, depending on the direction yeah. you're walking. Yeah, I'm actually going to have a guest on uh, in, a, in a week or two. I can't quite remember. Sometime this month who uh, hiked the Mid-State Trail. We're gonna, oh, and the North-South Trail, for that matter. So we're going to talk about those trails. But uh, sorry, yep. sorry, continue. No, no, man. It was just, um, it was the perfect place to kind of get my introduction to long-distance backpacking. And it's so funny because I love to tell this story. Like, my very first attempt at a through-hike period was the Mid-State Trail in 2006, I believe. Um, and I made it... 30 miles and my knees kind of gave out and I had to call my dad to come pick me up and Spencer. Dude, okay. like just, yeah. <laughs> literally, literally, I, I, I don't mean to cut you off there, but literally, dude, I had the exact same scenario happen to me, except it was the long trail. I literally made mm. it 30 miles in wow. and had to bail and my dad came and picked me up. So that's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks, dude, dad. I just, yeah, man. I mean, I think it really depends on the individual, man. But like sometimes like when you're first getting started, like the body is like, dude, what the fuck are yeah. you doing? You and know, plus you're just you... making all those mistakes and everything. So for sure, man, I wish I could like go back and see my kit from that trip because it was so asinine what I was out there wearing on my feet, on my back. Like <laughs> it, it was just it, it definitely wasn't a good look, man. But I ended up. um yeah, I ended up going back, uh, I mean, that same summer and finishing the Mid-State Trail in like 10-mile day hikes and um, kind of felt like, okay, like that didn't go as planned, but there's still a little bit of potential here. Right, right. And um, yeah, man, that kind of just like set off this like eight-year through hiking cycle where I would just like work through the winter as hard as I could and go out and through hike in the summer. And, um, you know, that following year, I through hiked the Long Trail uh, very pedestrian pace, 28 days, like, you know, very chill pace. Mm-hmm. Um, and from the long trail, I jumped on the AT. From the AT, I jumped on the the Colorado Trail. From the Colorado Trail, I, bumped, I jumped onto the uh, the Pacific Crest. And it just, like I said, man, just kind of like started this spiral effect, this through-hiking spiral, <laughs> where it's just like that's all I wanted to do. It was kind of like what I live for. And yeah. Um, yeah, man, that's kind of like, that's kind of how my world opened up to through hiking and, and how I got so enthralled and interested in, in the sport. Right, right. So now everybody probably fully understands what I meant by referring to you as, I guess I didn't directly refer to you as the one of the greatest hikers ever, but <laughs> they got what I'm saying. That's why I made that comment at the beginning. I mean, Phillip's done so much stuff beyond just this crazy, crazy calendar year grid thing. But I mean, I, I just think that's so awesome. I, I, I I really kind of thought that little uh, history you gave there was so interesting because, mm. you know, it sounded like very similar to me. Like, you know, I was 16. I went on my first day hike up Mount Mansfield and literally like how you described like looking down on like, you know, the city and like where you live and, and just mm-hmm. like all that. Like it was the same thing, man. I like I was hooked just like that. And then. I went and did the long trail and then the AT and I don't know if I'll ever, actually I could pretty confidently say I'll never do a calendar year grid, but you know, I think (laughs) I'm on that spiral as well. So that's uh that's pretty cool. I can definitely relate to that. So yeah, man, let's talk about this fucking calendar year grid thing. So my first question here is what is it? We kind of went over that. I actually wrote it twice. I'm looking at my notes here. Wow. I, I, best to not been paying attention. <laughs> so I guess the obvious question here is, you know, why do this? Like why commit yourself to this? Like what, like in, like, I feel like inspires and even the right word, like what, like fucking 
made you <laughs> i'm just gonna say what made you want to do this crazy fucking project sure well let me i'm gonna i'm gonna give you just a little bit more context so people really sure, have sure. an idea like what it is that's going on here so um you know i explained what the grid was i explained 576 peaks 3,000 miles approximately a million feet of vertical and the fact that um you know the the few who have completed this so there have been 83 official finishers of the grid um out of those people, 99.999%, basically all but one, have, again, done this over the course of many, many years. Because right. you've, you've got to hike through the winter, man. You've got to hike in November, in December, in January, in February, in March, in April. And so, you know, between people's family obligations, personal lives, um, physical capacity, uh, the weather and the conditions, I mean, you can see how it would take so long for people to... Um, you know, knock off all these peaks, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, so in 2016, um, essentially what we thought was possible with the grid was rewired to a certain degree. Um, a woman came along by the name of Sue Johnston, and I say came along, she's actually a white mountain pioneer, endurance mountain pioneer. Um, she's got a, a ton of, of records in the White Mountains. She's got a ton of firsts in the White Mountains. Extremely um, talented and capable woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, very well-known woman. She came along and she completed the first and only calendar year grid. So what Sue Johnston did was she came up to the White Mountains. She hiked all 48 4,000 footers in January of 2016. Restarted, hiked all 48 4,000 footers in February um, 2016, restarted, so on and so forth, got all 48 4,000 footers in every month uh, consecutively for 12 months, finishing on December 26th. And so she completed what she called a calendar grid. She started a grid and finished a grid um, 100% in its entirety in a single calendar year, and thus took the what has kind of been referred to as the fastest known time for the grid because no one had gone out and completed it in less than a year right mm-hmm. so um, she started on the first of january she finished on the december on december 26th the fastest known time for the grid as it stands right now is 11 months 26 days and um there's a lot i could say about about the calendar year grid i i still consider it to be the the boldest feat in the white mountains um, I think what that woman did was absolutely insane um, to go out and to hike, you know, 250, 260, 270, yeah. <laughs> sometimes more miles per month, um, 48 peaks per month through the winter, breaking trail. Like, I just saw it as, yeah, the boldest feat in the White Mountains. It was certainly the longest project that had ever been taken on, you know, in a continuous kind of effort. Um and it was just super inspiring, man. And before I even knew about Sue Johnston, um, I had come up to the to the White Mountains and completed three single month uh, rounds of the 48. And I was starting to, I was starting to feel as though, okay, the calendar year calendar year grid is possible. This is something mm-hmm. that no one's done yet. Um, what but, uh, but what I, months were had you, had you completed uh, those like? three in a row (laughs) yeah 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 um no so i i I came up in june of 2015 and i climbed all 48 for the first time i mean i'd always spent time um the presidential range franconia ridge these very iconic places in the whites um 
but I'd never hiked all 48. And so in, in June of 2015, I came up, lived out of the back of my truck, took like 23 or 24 days and just climbed all 48 very leisurely. And I was kind of like, oh, wow. So, you know, this is what it's like to, uh, you know, do it in a single month. And, you know, I had known about the grid, hadn't really considered it, but, you know, um, the, the wheel started to turn a bit and I was like, well, this, you know, if someone wants to come out and actually, actually do this, actually try to hike all 48, 4,000 footers mm -hmm. in 12 consecutive months, like I think it would be possible. And I even went as far as then going up to, um, the White Mountains that following winter. Um, and I did a double single season. So I climbed two full rounds of the White Mountain 48 twice in a single winter Damn. season. Damn. I didn't realize <laughs> that you had <laughs> done like them all like in a consecutive month before this attempt yes. like that, and especially in the winter. Like that's, that's fucking insane, dude. Yeah, man. I mean, I was definitely like plotting, definitely scheming. And you know, if there was any part of me that was like entertaining, actually trying this, it was like, well, dude, you got to know if you're, if you're capable of throwing right, down right. on single rounds in the winter, single month rounds in the winter. And like, not even if, if you're capable, but like, mentally like can you handle that are you going to have fun is it going to be a super like isolating experience is this going to be worthwhile to you these are the questions i was asking myself now i went up there in 2016 and i did the double single season unbeknownst to me sue johnston had already started her project the calendar year grid in earnest so she had already started and um i didn't find out about what she was doing until coincidentally we both sat down at the same dinner table in june um and the the drive over to the to the dinner was a gentleman who is just like very well known very connected in the running community and knew sue and he you know kind of said oh there's a, a woman there sue johnston and she's you know she's halfway through the the calendar grid and i was just like oh my god man <laughs> yeah. like you gotta be fucking kidding me it totally blew me away man and like my heart kind of sunk a bit because i was like jesus this is like one of the last great firsts in the northeast yeah. you know a place where everything's been done and and um you know i didn't talk to her much at, at dinner because i was like kind of intimidated and also like a little bit bummed out to be honest with you um but i went home and i started to research what she had done and just kind of realized like who she was and i was like wow this woman's gonna do it there's no way around it this woman is gonna fucking do mm. it and um yeah i'd be lying if i said that like i didn't feel a little deflated in you know, in learning that there was already an attempt. Um, right, right. And then obviously when I saw her completed, I mean, I was super thrilled for her and super thrilled for just the grid and the White Mount community because it was such a huge step forward in terms of like what's been fucking done out here. Yeah. Um, but at the same rate, it, it left me questioning like, oh, dude, is this something you really want to put like all this time and money and effort and energy into now that now that it's been done. Um, so you've really had your eyes on this calendar year grid for like a number of years now, huh? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, I would say since like 2000, like I hiked all 48, 4,000 footers in June 2015. And that fall, like I was putting money away for a potential, nice. a potential, okay, potential cool. go. So that was actually going to be my, my next question, which you pretty much just answered there was like, was this like something that you kind of like wrestled with, like the idea of doing this, or mm. if it was something that you knew you wanted to do like right away, but it sounds like you kind of you know, you knew you wanted to do it and you kind of like tested yourself a little bit with those, uh, those, what do you, what do you call it when you do them all in like just one month? What's that? I, I don't know that there's actually like a name, but, but basically people say, you know, the terminology is, oh, I've gridded March, gridded I've, March, grid, okay. I've gridded February. So basically you're doing like a single month grid. Like 
I mean, sometimes, man, it takes people years and years to actually get a full month gridded out. You know yeah. what I mean? Because they're, you know, busy in March and then they, they make up for it in, in April or however people's schedules work, man. It's a very long term thing. Um, but I will say this. I believed that I was in a place after doing the double single season, the double winter um, single season. I believed I was in a place where I was ready to pull the trigger on it. Mm -hmm. When I found out that it was being attempted and then that it was completed, I felt a little deflated. But um, ultimately, what ended up happening was I was online one night. And this is a kind of an interesting story um, because it's kind of it kind of lays the foundation for what I'm actually doing right now. Um, I was online one night and I was reading an article about Sue's calendar grid and I ended up jumping into the comment section and um, Sue actually popped in and she had a couple a couple comments um, basically in this article it was it was referring to her calendar year, year grid as as the grid FKT okay. um, the fast fastest known time and she kind of chimed in and said well like listen um, it's kind of mislabeled because uh, you know, my primary goal was to complete the calendar year grid. Um, that's what I did. Um, it was never to get the fastest known time. But if someone were to go out and wanted to whittle the, the overall time for the grid down to its lo lowest possible time, so to speak, this is what you would do. And she started to explain this process. And she said, what you'd want to do is you'd want to come up to the White Mountains in August and you'd want to be fit enough so that you could throw down on a very fast round of all 48 4,000 footers the last X amount of days of August. So in my case, it was the last eight days of August. I hiked all 48 4,000 footers. She continued on and she said, what you then want to do is stay focused, stay driven, stay healthy, um, hike all 48 over the course of September, October, November, December, so on and so forth. You have the entire month. It doesn't matter how fast you're doing it. And then in July, in your last month, your 12th month, you again want to throw down on a very, very fast traverse of the 48, this time the first, um, let's say, six days of the month. So the okay. first six days of, of July. And what ends up happening is, you know, you've, you've thrown out this idea of a calendar grid, right? So you're not doing it all in one calendar year. Um, you are doing it in less than 12 months, but you're doing it split yeah, over like 2018 and 2019. That's so an what important I've... distinction, I guess. I, I think I, I just called it the calendar year grid before. So yeah, I'm, I'm, gl I'm glad you cleared that up there. Absolutely. So this is actually the single year grid. Single what, year, okay. uh, what Sue did was the calendar year grid. And what, what I'm attempting now is the single year grid. And, and in low, in, in attempting to lower time, again, I've thrown down on this, this eight day traverse, the last eight days of August. I've now hiked all 48 in September, October, November, December, January, February, March. <laughs> and I oh, am man. just starting April now. So I'm just starting my ninth month. And the intention here is to go all the way until July. Um, if I can stay healthy, throw down on, let's just say a six day or less uh, traverse of all 48. And so basically what you have is from the moment I started, on August 24th, I believe, to the moment I hypothetically end on July 6th, you have one full grid in its entirety, start to finish, in an elapsed time of 10 months, 15 days. And that's roughly... So crazy. Yeah, that's that's roughly five weeks faster than, than Sue Johnson's time. Five weeks faster, um, okay. So you have a little bit of wiggle room there if something does kind of go wrong, yeah? I mean, ultimately, man, if I finish 
if I close out the month of July, it can be on the last, the very last day I'm, I'm taking the record. It's kind of like, if I don't finish July, I mean, there's no option, you know, you, you can't go back. You have to finish July, but as right. long as I finish by the last day of July, I'm taking the record by X amount of days. But I mean, you know, I mean, the, the, the interest here is to really kind of continue to push the grid and, and what's been done with the grid and what people think can be done with the grid. Um, and, and so like, obviously I'm not going to go after July in a, in a leisurely kind of, um, kind of fashion. I'm going to be at the trailhead at 12 AM on July 1st with my, my team with me and, um, you know, all of my logistics, all of my gear, um, my entire approach and plan dialed in and like, yeah, man, it's just going to be like, you can't really stop until you're done right, you know, right. until you get off 488 because it's in your best interest to clean that up as quickly as you possibly can. And, and to really like, you know, really do what you set out to do, which is like shave, shave down the time as much as you can. Right, right. Um, have you talked to Sue at all? Like since you started, like, is she aware of your attempt to break her record? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I went out and I hiked the Diuretissima in September, and I remember very um, kind of vividly, um, even like completing the Diuretissima, man. I mean, it was a, a huge accomplishment. There's only been 10, uh, roughly 10 people who have completed the Diuretissima in, in the history of the White, so it's a very... Oh, wow. Yeah, it's a very, it's a very small club. Um, so just to have that under my belt like was amazing, but it still didn't really feel like the project had quite started yet. Um, and I took that first week of September off just because I couldn't like, well, <laughs> I had started work at the hostel and also it was just still a little tough to, you know, walk around and go I'm up and downstairs. I'm pretty sure that was the week that I met you because I, I remember I was in the whites right at the beginning of September. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, dude, I probably met you right after I finished that through hike. And that's that's what it was because I remember you telling me about it in the shuttle ride back. Yeah, Right, right. And it was probably before I started that next round or it was just after I had started that next round. But um, no, man, I got back on the trail, climbed Mount Musalak, which is uh, on on the Appalachian Trail. It's, you know, five, 10 minutes up the road from the hostel, climb yep, that on, yep. on September 8th after seven days off. And, um, that was kind of the kicker where I was like, holy shit, like, dude, you're starting your second round. Like generally after a hike like this, you'd be chilling, you know, yeah. just like <laughs> settling in dude, like, you know, eating some ice cream and just kind of, you know, reflecting and writing and processing photos. But I'd started and, um, you know, by, by hiking Musalak and I was like, all right, dude, well, you know, you're going to at the very least start this thing back up. And I remember coming back down to, um, to the hostel and jumping on the computer. And that was the first time that I, um, really wrote to Sue and said, Hey Sue, like I'm thinking about doing something here that, you know, that you kind of inspired and just like would really like to talk to you more about it. And, uh, kind of like, setting it up for an in-person meeting because I kind of felt like it it would be impersonal just kind of like write this shit over the internet like hey I'm trying to go after your you know go after your time or whatever um but she was like super curious and like super inquisitive and she actually responded with like four different possibilities of what what she thought I could potentially be working on um and I, I hope it's cool that I share this but it's kind of a testament to just like how much of a white mountain I hate to word, I hate to use the word junkie, but like she's really like a white mountain junkie, dude. She's heavily involved in the culture. She studies the culture. She studies what people are doing out here. She's yeah. very well informed. Like she's she's a cool lady. Um, but anyway, like 
yeah, one of her, I think her second guess was um, the grid fastest known time. And I was just like, okay, I guess we're going to just go like, you know, just going to chop it up about, yeah. you know, what's going on right now. And I was just like, yeah, dude, like, you know, I'm, I'm just very inspired by what you did. And I think like, you know, I think that I love these mountains to, to an extent that could justify me going out and climbing them all in such a fanatical kind of way. Mm -hmm. And I just really, really would like your blessing. And like, she was super fucking cool about yeah, it. She was yeah, just like, oh, awesome. dude, you, you've got my blessing. Like if I can help in any way. And um, we've only connected on trail once since, since the project has started. Um, just because, you know, she lives over in Vermont. She's doing her thing. I'm obviously like, I mean, she knows I'm ridiculously consumed between, you know, the, the hiking and then also like trying yeah, to hold yeah. this, this, this job down as well. And just like, you know, live, live talking to douchebags on some stupid podcast. No, man, <laughs> this is, this is, this is fun, dude. I wish all my, you know, I wish all the work here uh, was, was like this, but um, yeah, man. So she's, she knows, and I check in with her, you know, I'm not great about checking in, but I'll check in maybe like <laughs> at once every other month just because it's so easy to just kind of, you know, let things go. But I'll, you know, let her know like, hey, like I'm still, you know, I'm still crunching along and, and you know, we comment on, on Facebook stuff. But she's a she's definitely in, an inspiration, man. Like if I hadn't read if I if she hadn't gone out and just like set the bar and then also like kind of you know, wrote all that commentary about like, you know, how to set the FKT and what the approach would be and what you need to do to execute. I mean, I really don't know if, if any of this would be, would be happening. That was kind of just like a, a big, a big spark that reignited the flame, um, in terms of coming out to do this. So. And I think it's so awesome that she was like super like supportive and, and kind of gave you her blessing about that. Now I'll say I, do not know very much about like FKTs. Like that's not really my thing, but um, I did watch the Netflix documentary on, I think his name here. I'm so bad with names. Carl Sabe. Is that how you pronounce it? The guy that has mm. the FKT for the AT. I, I, you know what? I don't even know how to pronounce his last name. It's S A B B E. I'm going to say Sabe. So Carl, I'm sorry. Not that you're ever going to hear this, but <laughs> I watched this documentary, you know, on, on his attempt to break the FKT of the AT and that's a mouthful, FKT of the AT. And anyways, so Scott Jurek, the guy that had the FKT record before, uh, you know, Carl had had set out to to break it and ultimately did break it. Um, and he was like literally in the documentary. Uh, Scott Jurek was like helping Carl like along, like supporting him. And like that, I just I just think that's so awesome that like people that are into this stuff are literally going to help somebody else break their record. And, and I guess, yeah. you know, it's it's a similar like situation there with uh, Sue kind of giving you her blessing there. Totally, man. It was um, it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I I can't say you know if she had come back and said, no, you you know you don't have my blessing, <laughs> which she would never say. I mean, I I don't know that that would necessarily have, stop you. Know, you. Right, yeah, right. but I mean, like honestly, dude, getting that from her, like, and just yeah, feeling like she was being genuine about it, like I was gassed after that, dude. I was like, cool, man. Like Sue Sue's down. Like Sue doesn't mind that I'm you know going after this, and like I just you know I just nailed like a huge first crux you know test piece of the diartisma i was like all in dude let's fucking go for sure for sure so i remember uh watching one of your instagram stories everybody listening you should go uh follow 
Philip on Instagram. It's finding yes. underscore Philip, right? I get that oh, right. Oh, dude, you're blowing it already, man. Oh, that's Jeez. not it. What? No way. That's it. Tell me that. <laughs> no, there's it. no. I'm, dude, I'm just fucking with you. But there, is, there is no underscore. So it's just at, oh, it's fuck. just at finding Philip. You know what? It's because I put sh- I put the re- your recording name as okay. Fuck. I I messed up. Just finding Philip on Instagram. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Anyways, <laughs> I I you know obviously I follow you on Instagram and I saw one of your stories one time or maybe it was a post on Facebook. I can't quite remember what it was honestly Mm -hmm. but you had mentioned that you came pretty close to not or not okay i'm gonna rephrase that you came down to like the last day a couple times to finish the 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 month right is is that correct? oh hell yeah dude can you kind of talk about those scenarios a little bit yeah yeah unfortunately i have finished on the last day of the month um i'd have to look back at my records but i can i can Remember, September I finished on the last of the month, October I finished on the last of the month, and November. And November I finished on the last of the month. Yeah, I think after that I was just like, dude, I can't fucking do this. It's too much anxiety. That's, to that's, be what, like, you're, that's what your post had said, I remember. Yeah, yeah. I mean, each one of those, um, maybe not so much September, but uh, October and November were definitely nail biters, man. Like, October was pretty, you know, I pretty much set out that last day knowing that I, that I was going to clean up the month. Um, but in November, I mean, we, we've been getting snow up here, man, since the last week of October. I, I got, I got um, another question coming up. About yeah, that. yeah. 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 So a um, couple nail biters regarding the weather and just the amount of trail that I had to break personally and just what I was able to get in between um, fresh snowfall and uh, you know, my work schedule and available time and what have you. Um, you know, per- particularly November. I mean, I, I hiked Mount Cabot uh, on the very last day of November and what, you know, should usually be just a very chill, um, you know, few hour trail run. I think it's 10 miles round trip. So, you know, maybe you're out there for like three hours or three and a half hours yeah. if, you're, if you're doing a bit of jogging. Um, I mean, this was an all day epic, man. We got like 18 inches of snow, close to 20 inches of snow Jeez. in the whites, like the last week of November. And I was fucking scrambling to get these peaks in. And um, I had tried to get Cabot previously, but my truck had gotten stuck on a very secluded road out yeah fish, man fish hatchery dude, dude, i literally was... remember when i did that peak i did it in like december it's like one of the only mm. winter peaks i did for my 48 and i remember i didn't see a single person the whole time i was up there and i was like dude if my car like died up here i would be screwed like there's literally nobody up here dude i'll sorry, be honest sorry mom when you hear that yeah well dude it's very <laughs> it's very helpful that you know kind of the, the peaks and the areas that i'm talking about yeah. because um you know, the fish hatchery road is is maintained in the winter, but it's very snowy. It gets icy. And when it starts to warm up, all that stuff just like melts and becomes this like impossible slush to drive through. Like, especially for someone like me, I drive a truck, but it's it's a two wheel drive truck. It doesn't do great in the snow. So yeah. um, like I remember there's a little bit of a, of a digression, but it, but it all kind of wraps wraps together with sure, me finishing sure. on the last day of November. I was I was out on the trail trying to get as many peaks in the day that storm came through. So the storm came through about six o'clock PM and I was going to do Mount Cabot. I was going to do Mount Wombeck and then I was going to do Tom field and Willie. And that would leave. <laughs> That's so. <laughs> and crazy, that was, man. that was going to leave me with hail as a standalone peak to complete the month after the storm had, after the storm had blown through, um, which felt like, okay, dude, like, 
I can break, you know, 10 miles, like up to, you know, two feet of snow over the course of 10 miles, you know, one day after this storm. It shouldn't, it shouldn't end the project. Um, right. But what ended up happening was I went for Cabot first that day that the storm was coming in because it was the furthest outlier. And uh, ended up getting stuck on this road, man, uh, pretty much like halfway across the road so that there was no other traffic that could come through, like just the way that my car shifted and what have you. And I was there really kind of freaking out for over an hour because I figured if my car got stuck there and I couldn't get out until maybe the evening, I'd have to get back to the hostel before the storm blew in. I couldn't grab any of these peaks and like leaving all of those, man, for after this, after this dumping of snow, like it it was just like, you know, I was just like, I don't, I don't know. I I don't know if this is going to happen. And I was literally sitting there for an hour being like, dude, I don't, I, the fucking project could be over. Like, I don't know what's going on. And, um, luckily, um, this young couple with New York plates rolled up in a truck. Obviously they couldn't get by because I was blocking the road. They got out and like, dude, they fucking worked with that car for like a half an hour. Oh, wow. Um, and eventually like we were able to do this com- combination of like rocking it, putting it in neutral and then putting it in drive and fucking flooring it. It was just so <laughs> fucking asinine, man. Like oh, it was, it was insane. You must have freaking out, dude. Oh, yeah, dude, so absolutely. Cause like the, the, doing all that hiking in one day anyway in the winter is fucking stressful or at least winter conditions. It wasn't quite winter yet, but then to deal with this bullshit, it was just like, my God, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Oh, um, man, so, so they crazy. got me out. I bailed on Cabot cause I was like, I'm not fucking getting stuck here again. Um, killed Wombeck, killed Tom Field, Willie and, um, yeah, man, like after that storm blew through and, and, and after like I could get, you know, back out to the trailheads and stuff and they'd cleaned up the snow, um, I climbed hail and then the very next day, the last day of the month, I climbed Cabot and it took me 10 and a half hours to, to, wow. to go up and down Cabot. I, I finished the month at like 3.45 p.m. on the last day, last day of November. And uh, after that, I was like, dude, no fucking more. This is just... Yeah, this is too too crazy for me, man. Too anxiety, you know, too anxiety ridden. Like just like you really, you know, kind of t- takes a little bit of the fun fun out of the experience. Now, of course, that's all part of it, and that was part right, of right. That's a big draw. But um, yeah, man, it's been uh, it's been down to the wire. Not for a while, not for many months. Like it's it's much more controlled now. But okay, um, that's that's good to hear. Yeah, See, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. that's what gets me about this is like I mean, first of all, just to be clear, hiking all forty eight in perfect weather you know an entire month of perfect weather in july is still like fucking hard enough like for mm-hmm. sure but i mean the fact that you're just doing all these peaks in the winter like that just that blows my mind and then for those of you that don't live in the northeast i don't know how it's been in other parts of the country but we've had a hell of a winter like we've gotten mm-hmm. a lot of snow which has been great for me because i like to ski and that's huge in vermont but like not great for you obviously you know having to break trail <laughs> like this um obviously hiking during the week i'm assuming when the trails aren't quite as a uh, hiked out i guess like that's 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 just got to be so crazy yeah man um the snow pretty much since i would say november you know lasting all the way up until now i mean we're about to get another couple inches i think tomorrow night and i'm i'm trying to figure out like you know what okay like what do i got to hike what's broken out like what do i need to check off before even 3 inches of snow it's like dude that's you know you got to put your snowshoes on you got to like really slow your pace down like it's so much so much more effort um but i mean ultimately man since november like the snow and you know the wind 
and to a certain degree, the temperature, I mean, the, the temperature is asinine. I mean, I've, I've walked in negative 30, negative 30, 35 this, this winter, easy. Um, oh, but um, mostly the snow and, 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 and the wind and the overall trail conditions have controlled and dictated absolutely everything since November. Man. Yeah, like, I can imagine. It has just been so consuming to... I mean, dude, I'm, I'm checking the weather report multiple times before I even like, you know, get out of my bed and, and, and use the bathroom in the morning, man. Like I'm, yeah. I'm checking the weather report as soon as I get home from my hikes. I'm on uh, New England trail conditions like um, Trails NH, like looking for tr trip reports, looking for condition reports, trying to gauge where people have been, what's broken out, what what tends to get broken out quicker what tends to get quick and out uh, broken out um you know le less quickly um and, and of course this this all changes you know b before the winter actually hits it's like there's far less people out willing to break trail because like you know again this is like a list culture up here like people are working on lists they want like a single they want all 48 in a single winter season it's like they're not going to go out in november when it's snowing and not a ton of people out, are out and they don't quote unquote you know, the peaks don't quote unquote count for anything, um, unless of course you're doing the grid. It's like, they're going to go out after the 21st of December and they're going to hike all winter and the, and the trail networks will be like very well traveled and very well packed. And then, you know, spring will come. And now we're kind of like back into this lull where it's like, there's far less people out and it's like, we're not getting as much snow, but when the snow does come, I mean, it takes time for people to be traveling these routes, especially like with the amount of fucking snow that is already <laughs> above 4,000 meters. Dude, I can't even imagine. Dude, honestly. you got to come out here and like, dude, you got to like see that this is an epic winter out here, man. Like, I mean, there, the last I checked, I believe there was like six to seven feet of snow still up high in various parts of the, Damn. of the White Mountains, man. Like, dude, it's fucking the first week of April, man. Like this snow is going to be here forever. And it's just like, you know, you think that doesn't really have much of a um, effect on like the hiking, but it's like, dude, if you're on six feet of snow, you are basically pushed up into the trees and you go on any of these forms. This is something people were dealing with all fucking winter. And it's like, for me, I was just dealing with it on a daily basis. It's like, yeah. <laughs> there is no trail, man. Like, think about being up in the trees, like six to eight feet up off of the trail itself. You are now in really just like this very very small cut where all the branches reach reach across the trail it's very hard to decipher where the trail goes blazes are fucking buried like it's it's insane man um so the winter conditions the snow the snow depth um and and the time you know the time of year i.e are we in winter or are we in this like shoulder season november you know november or or right now, April. I mean, all of those things have have controlled and dictated, um, you know, what what I hike and um, how how I hike it, and right, right. for how long I'll be out, and how much effort I will need to put in to, you know, get get up and over it. It's it's crazy, man. It's super humbling. Do you feel like I know I know we just talked a second ago about how it's supposed to snow a little bit tomorrow, but like now that it's April, it's April fourth of as of the time of this recording. Do you feel like there's almost like a weight off your shoulders that you've kind of made it through? I don't know when the official winter season ends or if it has already, but like, you know, do you feel like you're kind of on like the upswing, I guess, now that it's gonna slowly start to get warmer and that snow's gonna slowly start to melt? Um to be honest with you, man, not at all. Interesting. Um, okay. 
And, and this is the psychology behind that. Like I, I don't really have the luxury to start, you know, enjoying a string of bluebird days. Like I don't really have the luxury of allowing myself to, to soften and to notice that it's getting a little bit warmer and, and that I don't have to use snowshoes as much. Like I don't have the luxury of letting off at all because dude, two feet of snow, you know, the most epic storm in the white mountains could be two weeks away, man. Like that's not out of the that's question. True, yeah. I, that's I, not I, out I, of the question. That, that's true. Maybe I jumped the gun a little bit there because it is the whites and you, know, you always hear like it could snow any time of year. And, 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 sure. and that is true. But I mean, now that it is, see, see, that's one thing that surprises me, honestly, because kind of how I've been uh, following you throughout like the last couple of months, I've been like kind of rooting for you. Like, okay, you made it through fucking March. Like now it's April, like springs, like, almost here and like it's gonna get warmer so i'm, I'm I, I understand where you're coming from there but i'm almost yeah. kind of surprised that you aren't like a little bit more i don't know uh i i think i used the word uh i don't remember what i fucking used but i I'm, i am a little bit surprised that you aren't like a little bit more well l- listen listen man let me let me say this um i am absolutely noticing the, the weather stabilizing. I mean, I walked in more sun in the month of March than I probably have the entire project. Mm-hmm. And I, and I absolutely notice and appreciate, um, the, the length of daylight, all of these telltale signs that, that winter is, is exiting. Um, but I guess what I want to make clear is like when the snow moves out of here, man, even in like late May or June, when I'm actually back on trail full-time dirt full-time i still won't have the luxury really of letting up man because it's like yes i believe at this point after eight eight consecutive months uh single months um that i've got a i've got a handle on what what is required to get them all in within a month's time i think i have a handle on on my approach um in terms of getting the important peaks in um you know early on in the month but i mean there are so many variables with something like this yeah. Um, that it's like to think that you got it at any point before you actually got it is a little ridiculous. Yeah, um, if it, yeah. I, I think if, if you're truly looking at yourself in the mirror and, and, and studying the variables and, and, and I mean, like, you know, we talked a little bit about this, man, like when all the snow is gone, I mean, these are the most, rocky rooty technical trails in the north northeast man like i've rolled my ankle before and it's like two weeks off your feet anything like that man sickness yeah. comes in where you can't get out of bed for a couple of days anything if my you know i'm i'm, I'm driving around a 20 year old ford ranger like through these mountains man like if my car breaks down and and, and is off the road for a week or two like these are all things man hopefully it's like, no more of that hopefully no more of that no more no for, for, for for sure but hopefully hopefully you know this kind of paints a picture it's like i mean and and these are things aside from the actual hiking man it's like as of today i've still got about a thousand miles to go man that's half that's half the at (laughs) on on the hardest over and over on the hardest part of the at in like you know months where you really don't want to be up here uh, you know on on i I, I guess i kind of i guess i kind of jumped jump the gun there a little bit but honestly dude i I, like i just can't i can't relate to this like yeah well but these are these are important points to kind of mention i think because 
you know, like I said, man, like I've, I've, I've through hike the AT and I've through hike, you know, the PCT and like done my fair share of long distance stuff. And that was kind of a big appeal for the, the single year grid because it felt like a through hike to a certain extent. It brought in those elements where it's like, you can't ever really be off your guard. Like every day, I mean, you got to go out there and you got to put in the work. And like, there are so many variables that could take you off trail, man. And just like mm-hmm. one day you're, um, you know, on the, on the top of your game, you know, finishing the halfway point, or in my case, finishing the two thirds mark and, and, you know, starting to en- envision yourself like on that final mountain. And then the next day it's like, dude, who knows? I don't even want to, you know, I don't even want to speak on it, but it's just <laughs> like, um, yeah, man, if I'm being super real and super honest with myself, like nothing is in the bag. Um, nothing is promised. I, delayed talking about this openly in any kind of like podcast forum for such a long time because talk is so cheap and things change and there are things that are out of your control man um yeah oh yeah but yeah 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 it's just uh (laughs) it's it's a very um it's a very interesting project it's a very interesting position to be on you know to to be absolutely because because it could it could end at any time absolutely and hopefully well i i don't think it will you know obviously you're eight months in like you're well on your way yeah so i i kind of want to ask a little bit more of a a general question i guess so like i said earlier i'm not really like into the whole like fkt thing as much Mm -hmm. as like other people are i've never done any sort of like ultra runs or I, i don't really follow like any of the fkt like setters except for you i guess obviously so this is something that i've kind of thought about a little bit before and i I definitely understand now but something i didn't really understand when i first kind of was getting into hiking so a lot of people you know they do a through hike or even just day hikes any any hike at all because it's like a leisurely thing right you know it's a good Mm. way to get outside it's a good way to kind of you know just be in nature that sounds really stupid but you you know what i mean it's like a it's a it's a hobby i guess and you know there's there's people like yourself and these other people that do the fkts that really kind of take it to the next level as far as like the the competition goes i guess so why like why make hiking a competitive thing like why isn't it Mm. just satisfying enough for you to just go out and I, 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 and I don't like take offenses. Like I'm, I'm not trying to say this in like an offensive way. I'm totally. really like genuinely curious to talk to somebody who does the whole FKT thing. Like why make hiking a competitive thing? Sure, sure, sure. Um, no, listen, man, totally fair question. Um, and I know like the speed hiking and the FKT hiking and the big days. I mean, that just like inherently turns some people off, man. You smell know, the roses, dude. Yeah. yeah you gotta stop and smell the roses. Yeah. You're missing out on so much. Um, which like, I mean, to a certain degree, everybody's entitled to their opinion. And to a certain degree, I, I almost understand that when it comes from a person who's never done a speed hike or who's never done a, an FKT or, or attempted an FKT. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like, listen, man, I'm a, I just want to say straight up, like, I don't, I, I'm not an athlete. I don't consider myself an athlete. I don't have any God-given athletic talents. Like, 99.9% of all my hikes, all my through hikes, all my time in the whites, um, I am traveling at a very, like, quote-unquote, pedestrian pace. Now, maybe my pedestrian pace is faster, and maybe I'm a little bit fitter than, like, the average cat out here in the whites. But I mean, for all intents and purposes, man, like when I'm going out there, I'm not breaking records. I'm not Mm -hmm. going after FKTs. I'm not trying to hike 50 miles in a day. I'm not trying to do unsupported shit. Like, um, 
yeah, that's that's not generally my style. Um, but there's something very special about the White Mountains um, in that this is a place where I cut my teeth. This is a place where, um, you know, again, I made all of I made all of these mis- mistakes that you make when you're. Yeah. Uh, when you're in the outdoors for the for the first time, I had so many formative experiences out here. Like this is a place I care about very very deeply, and so um, for me, like attempting speed hikes or fastest known times, I can't say that I'm necessarily interested in like going out anywhere beyond the White Mountains or New England and and like trying to throw down on a bunch of a bunch of stuff. Like interesting. Okay, so it's more like specific to the whites for you. It sounds like. Yeah, man, like this is such a special place. Like there's something about the White Mountains that really resonate with people, um, all kinds of people. Like we have millions of visitors every year. These are some of the toughest mountains in the country. Like you have these West Coast, Coast cats come out here and they try to like shred on these trails, man. And it's just like a completely <laughs> different world. Like you oh, hear yeah. like you hear world class ultra runners say this all the time. Like, I mean, Car- um, Carl Meltzer and... Um, Scott Jurek, I mean, talking about like, you know, propping out East Coast runners because the terrain is just so absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a special place, man. These are really, really tough mountains and it's hard to prove yourself here and it's very competitive. And this is a place where I cut my teeth. I've been coming to the White Mountains for 15 years. It's like the FKT movement is global at this point. But like, again, I don't really have any interest going out and in trying for records or trying for for big stuff big projects elsewhere like i want to hike the cdt there's a whole a whole slew of of longer trails that i want to do um in this country and also you know internationally but as far as fastest known times man as far as breaking records as far as um very humbly and very lightly writing my name in any kind of history books like for me, man, it's all about the whites. It really See, is. I, I think that's I think that's so awesome because for the third time, like again, I don't know too too much about these FKTs, but from what it sounds like, from the small amount of research I have done, it does seem like you know the people that do these kinds of things, or, or most of them, anyways, are you know kind of in a way going all over the place and, and finding specific trails and places to set the yes. records on. And it sounds like for you, obviously, you know, it's it's more of like a a specific thing to the whites and that's something i didn't really realize before this conversation honestly i i think that's pretty cool man sure well and, and also i'll add you know what man like the fkts and the speed hiking they get a lot of um you know they get they get dragged dragged through the dirt a bit but like i'll make a bold statement man like let's hear it i, I yeah like i almost don't really care who you are like if you've gone out and through hiked if you've gone out and and spent like days months weeks like thinking crazy thoughts to yourself like at some point or another don't tell me you haven't thought about how fast and how far you can go even if it's just the most asinine kind of inkling of a thought even if it's the most um you know just far out kind of fantasy it's like that's like part of the human condition man like we want to know like what we can do and it's like I've spent my whole life walking at a very, like I say, a pedestrian pace up and down these trails. And it's just like that that's something that I kind of know already. I know what mm-hmm. it's like to go out and take five months to walk the AT. I, I know what it's like to go out and walk a month 
on the on the long trail end to end. It's like I don't know what it's like to to hike all forty eight four thousand foot footers in eight days, you know, six days, four days, and um, I don't know what it's like to try to carry all my food and all my supplies and go from one end of the national forest to the other without you know resupplying it. Um, you know, at a road crossing or having mm. people meet me, like these are like the important, um, these are kind of like the important things that are coming into my, my peripheral vision. These are the things that are like starting to really intrigue me and, and that continue to, yeah, man, keep my fire lit. It's like, um, you know, go to the mountains that mean the most to you and try to do the shit that's never been done, man. And if For you're sure. doing, if you're doing things that have already been done, push those things as far as you as you possibly can and um yeah man like be humble as you're doing it you know what i mean because like if if you're in if you're in a space that moves you if you're in a space that means something to you humility is probably like one of the most important components of, of moving forward in my opinion so um yeah man know what it's like to walk you know walk at a chill pace and i still want to walk at a chill pace but it's also nice to just like not sleep for a week and just like become bleary eyed and get, you know, my whole, my whole thing this year has just been like, I want to give myself fully, you know, to these mountains. And Mm -hmm. it's like, everybody's got their different version of fully, but my version of fully is I want to be walking to the point where I can't really stand anymore, where I'm questioning. Um, and, and also like reaffirming my decision to be there and just like yeah man putting putting myself in a position where it's just like you got to go really really deep deep inside and and kind of see like see what's in there so a lot of a lot of i don't know i think i think a lot of uh very appealing reasons man to to go for for fkts and And again i I wasn't trying to like imply that like there's anything wrong with that you know i I was just i was just kind of curious because that is something that you know i'm sure you've heard before i've I've heard it before that people say like oh you know like why like why rush this and and yeah man i mean i i know just just when i was on the at sometimes you couldn't even go out and throw down on like a 20 or a 25 without like you know, some dude being like, yeah. well, well, what's the rush? Like, well, sure. where, where are you headed? Or it's just like, dude, like everybody's got their own pace. Everybody's got their, their own interests. Like this is, this is, this is something that was told to me by an old friend that I've always, always remembered and that I always get back to, um, or, or go back to rather. And that is we're all in the mountains for the same reason. And that is for our own reasons. And if you kind of look at it like that, dude, it's like, you know, absolutely it says it all. Absolutely. And I hate to say this, but it rings true. I hate to say this because it's like so cliche, but hike your own hike. Like that's kind of dude. what it comes down to. for sure. For sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that term was coined for a reason. You know what I absolutely. mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So with that said, I think we're going to kind of try to wrap it up here, Philip. So cool. at the end of these episodes, you know, I, I know you've listened to the show before. I always mm-hmm. like to ask my guests to share a story. Now, people usually have a hard time picking a story out of just one through hike, let mm. alone all the through hikes you've done. And now, of course, this crazy grid thing. So that said, I'm going to make you do it. I'm going to make you pick one. If you had to Jesus. pick a story, what would that be? Jesus. Um, you know what I've been thinking about? about this so i'm probably more pre- more prepared um, okay perfect than i should have been but you know what i'm going to share a story super quick um from the from the from the single year grid this is uh the second to last day in 
October, okay. and I um, am setting out to hike uh, what's known as a Wildcat Carter Mariah Traverse. So this is actually the Appa- <laughs> the Appalachian Traverse. I know uh, that yeah. fucking traverse. Oh, yeah, dude, it's it's crazy. pretty it's it's pretty gnar. Like um, as far as the thorn in my side this year, I mean the Carter the Cats Carter Mariah Traverse has been the one that I've probably like the traverse that I've looked forward to the least on a monthly basis, just because even more than the presidentials, really. Oh, dude, I look I can't. I can't barely sleep before I go up into the presidential. Even in the man. winter? Oh my god, dude. Yeah, because the presidentials, Franconia Ridge, these areas that have long amounts of exposure, you know, especially the presidentials where you're above tree line for so long. Mm-hmm. I mean, you absolutely have to cherry pick those days, man. Like I'm not interested in being up there. I can deal with the cold. I can definitely deal with, you know, the wind to a certain degree. Um, but I'm not interested in going up there when I can't see anything where I can get lost where, you know, like I'm going to be out there in the dark alone. Like I'm looking at the forecast leading into the first of the month. And I mean, like, um, what was it? March was a perfect example, man. I did a Prezi Traverse the first day of the month. Um, it was just like the the weather lined up and because basically, man, if you get a string of good days or you get a good day and you don't go out and do a Prezi Traverse or you don't go out and do one of these these ridges that have like a lot of exposure i mean basically what you're saying is that i am willing to gamble that i will get a day yeah, yeah. um later on in the That's month so that, true, is, that is that is as good that. if not better it's all it's all strategy man like it really is absolutely um, and uh yeah so I'll, I'll i'll share this i'll share this story um yeah so attempting to do the wildcat carter mariah traverse in a single day um this is the second to the last day of october um i first experienced snow in the whites on october 13th but um what what i didn't realize was that the carter mariah range was just getting dumped on um And so I knew there was kind of snow in the mountains, but when myself and my friend uh, Alton came came to the trailhead that morning, uh, we didn't have our snowshoes. You know, we thought Mm -hmm. it was just going to be spikes only, and we thought we'd be taking our spikes off and and probably seeing a bunch of uh, ground and dirt as well. Um, So in the winter, you don't actually take the Wildcat Ridge Trail up, like the AT, up to um, Wildcat D. You follow something called the Polecat Trail, and that's like a a ski trail. They let you walk it. Um, so we made it up to Wildcat D and beyond that, man, it was totally unbroken, soft snow anywhere from one to two feet deep. Damn. And the following day I had to do another really, really long traverse, like a 25 plus mile traverse. Um, and so there was no turning back. Like there was no time, man. Like right, right. we had to move forward. And to make a really long story short, um, my friend uh, Alton, myself, and her dog Cole, um, we traversed the Wildcat Carter Mariah Range over the course of like almost 16 hours, post holing every fucking step um, <laughs> in on and off rain. Temperatures probably between like 30 and 35 degrees, maybe a little bit warmer than that because it was raining, but it was straight up hypothermia temperatures. And it was the most exhausting, arduous, disheartening 
experience probably of the entire trip. And um, as we continued to move forward throughout the day, we were banking on a trail called the Stony Brook Trail being broken out. This is a trail that intersects the the trail that we were on. And basically you hike 1.4 miles up to the summit of Mariah, 1.4 back down, and then it's another three and change down to the road. Okay. And um, like this was pretty much the only thing uh, keeping us moving forward was that like there will be this reprieve. We will get to the Stony Brook Trail. It will be broken out. Um, we will not be post-holing anymore. We will not be exhausted. We can just like finish this day up, man. And by the time we got to... By the time we got to the Stony Brook Trail, man, like I turned the corner and looked at it and it was completely unfucking oh, broken. Man. And we had been traveling for probably the better part of like 13 or 14 hours at that point, probably like 14 <laughs> hours. And it was dark um, and we were both fucking freezing. And um, yeah, man, like basically we both looked at each other and neither one of us made the conscious decision like hey we're gonna go get the summit we both just like started walking in that direction and like it was just kind of like jesus christ man like we have to do this but we don't even want to talk about it like we don't even want to discuss it there's a chance we're not we're not going to even make it up to the top of this thing um because the dog cole was getting super fucking tired man and like we we were as well it was just like very cold and very exhausting and very disheartening and to reach that junction and still have to break another you know mile and a half a trail up and then the three and a half down to the road was insane and to add insult to injury it's like we top out quick video come back down it's like dude even with only two feet of snow there were all these fresh blowdowns and we could not between the snow and the blowdowns we could not stay on trail damn and so at this point it's like after fucking 10 o'clock and my friend alton is like dude i'm getting like really chilled like i don't even want to stop to like switch out my clothing and i'm i'm just like dude yeah i'm, I'm feeling you and it's just so exhausting and so like just frustrating and um yeah, man, it was a real test of the commitment to the project because absolutely, yeah. we uh, we could have bailed at any time, man. We could have absolutely bailed at any fucking time. And I think if you just kind of went home and you were like, ah, oh, fuck, man, like I fucked up, you know, month three or whatever, like um, or month four, like, you know, sorry, it was just too much snow, unexpected. Like, I mean, I don't know that it would have been forgivable, but I mean, you kind of would have had a, at least a reason. But yeah, yeah. Um, we decided to press on, man, and we got the top of that summit, and we and we took a very, very long time coming down because we would get on the we would get on the trail, and then we would check our position, then we get off the trail, and we check our position, and it's a stop and go, and like you're not generating any fucking body heat, and we didn't roll up into the up to the car until like 11:15, man, maybe like 11:30 at night after starting like pretty fucking early that day um and like yeah man just like a hard chill kind of set into your bones and it's you know you're soaking wet and i was just like sitting in my truck on the drive home and like we stopped at mcdonald's and got some fucking coffee and some french fries dude and i'm like driving home and i'm like dude like this could be a really fucked up 10 months you know what i mean and it's only october at that point like that's completely 
completely. And then like the following day, yeah, yeah, the following day I ended up finishing um, and still had that same sentiment in my head. It's like, wow, this could be a pretty, this could be a pretty tough trip to get through and at the very least like i've got my work cut out for me so yeah um share share that story a little bit just because like you know man um i don't know i mean i'm very grateful and i feel very fortunate and i feel feel very privileged to be honest with you to to be able to like work on this project and, and live in the whites and like see the intimate changes um in the mountains on like on a daily basis but um you know, it's just like people, I don't think people realize, man. I mean, you know, and I'm not trying to like gas it up into something. It's just, um, you know, seeing pretty photos on, on Instagram and seeing, seeing an update every, every month, like, Oh dude, I sent, you know, November, I sent December very different from being out there living it every day. And, um, yeah, man, I mean that, that kind of experience, like that experience on that day specifically is kind of a, um, kind of a testament to, to how tough it's gotten out here this year. But, um, at, you know, as always, the, the, the good ultimately outweighs the bad. Absolutely. Dude, that's that's so crazy. I, I've said on the show before that I really don't do very much winter hiking. So uh, that... I... Come out, bro. Dude, I don't know. Dude, I don't we, know. we got a lot of winter left out here, Kyle. Dude, I'm come out for a presidential traverse on Sunday, man. Oh, I don't know about that. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be uh, editing this podcast actually. Nice, so. nice. That's yeah, my nice. that's my excuse. Actually, my, like my real excuse for not winter hiking is that I don't have micro spikes or snowshoes. <laughs> Could I buy them? Yes, but yeah. I like to ski too. So yeah, <laughs> you totally can call nice. me a fair weather hiker. I guess fuck it. Like I don't. I know. I don't know, man. If you through <laughs> if you through hiked the fucking AT, like that that's no easy feat, man. Like, yeah, the Appalachians true. are uh, are hardcore. So I definitely wouldn't be calling you a fair weather hiker. That's for sure. A, w- a warm weather hiker. How about that? That's. <laughs> I'll, I'll I mean that's that. fair. <laughs> yeah, I mean and and ultimately, man, like that's what I prefer too. You know, if like the single year grid was like all summer months somehow, or if like we were, we were located in the Southern hemisphere, like that would be so fucking rad, but it's just kind of like, you know, you gotta, you gotta rise to the occasion and you gotta understand. Yeah. That's the way it is. Well, dude, thank you so, so much for taking the time today. I mean, uh, I know obviously given everything we talked about today, you've got a lot of shit going on and you know, the fact that you're willing to sit down for almost an hour and a half now and, and chat with me is, is so, so awesome. Um, so let's see. I already said your Instagram, but let's let's go over it one more time because I fucked it up the first time. Finding Philip no underscore on Instagram. You also have a Facebook page as well, I believe. Same thing, Finding Philip, right? Yep. If you just want to look up, uh, search Finding Philip on Facebook or go to facebook.com forward slash Finding Philip, you will. Uh... Yeah, you'll find me there. Those are probably the two best ways to uh, to get in touch and to kind of keep track as this thing moves forward into the spring and summer. Awesome, man. Awesome. Well, shit. Thank you so much for, for taking the time, man. Don't hang up quite yet, but for everybody listening, thank you so much. And Philip, man, best of luck. Stay safe out there. I'm going to be rooting for you. And I have a feeling that a lot of people that are listening to this are going to be rooting for you as well. So, hell yeah. I appreciate it, man. It's been a it's been a pleasure, Kyle. Thank you so much, man.